The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. The Investment Fix Podcast. Tune in today. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Kia ora tato, this is Toby Manhai with another episode of your friendly local politics podcast, Gone by Lunchtime. What you're about to hear is part of the Gone by Lunchtime Megapod, a 12-hour epic event recorded on September 20 at Spinoff HQ. Enjoy. Kia ora tato, this is the world's only spin-off election 2023 megapod on the march towards 1pm. Lara Greaves is with us. Lara is Associate Professor in Political Science at Victoria University of Wellington. She's got a really impressive CV, among other things, is a member of the Independent Electoral Review. Kia ora, Lara. Kia ora. Yeah, really happy to be here. I just realised I've been listening to Gone By Lunchtime for about, like, since 2017, so oh, wow. stoked to um, join the Megapod. <laughs> we were just reflecting earlier on about some of those early days and the different, you know, lives that have been lost, children born, uh, you know, disasters created over the course of those years. <laughs> Did you watch the debate last night? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I was quite happy to be paid to watch it because it's part of my job. Oh, yeah. um, but I noticed a lot of people were doing it for free, so I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> what's your What's your takeaway, your main takeaway? Um, well, I think that those debates, like, um, somewhere, I think we're talking 800,000 million people tune in. Yep. They get to see the leaders go head to head, but I'm still not one of those people that's entirely convinced that they do a lot or do as much as what we make them out to do. Yeah. Um, I keep meaning to go back to something like the election study and analyse, you know, what swing votes voters are watching and all that kind of stuff, but um, actually <laughs> it's one of those things where I can't imagine it's a particularly big effect. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're asking everyone who comes on, Lara, to three questions so that we can kind of collect yep. together the, 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 the wisdom of the crowds. First up, and this is to win a box of chocolate fish if you get it right, to one decimal point, what do you think the turnout will be in 2023? As you know, like over the last four elections it's ranged from 74.2 to 82.2. What's your what's your guess? Mm. I find that one really hard because I can see arguments either way. If I yeah. had to do it, I would say seventy eight point one. Seventy eight That's a good number. You talked about the, yeah. the election. Because you can see the arguments either way. Yeah, yeah you can yeah. see the arguments either way that it would go kind of stayish, the sameish, or go down. There's so many different theoretical arguments. Yes. Yes, there are. There's the kind of mm. general lack of energy thing, but then there's also the this yep. is the most important da 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 da. Do you do you yep. um, the New Zealand election study which you've worked on, which is this incredibly cool, incredibly useful resource? Does that tell us anything about turnout? I mean, the, the people people the general suggestion is that a lower turnout hurts the parties of the left. Is that borne out? Do you know by the New Zealand election study? Does the New Zealand election study tell us anything about that? 
Well, you know what the most fascinating thing about studies and polls is, to me, is that people who vote do election studies. So even if you, like, ring up or you send out a a mail to a random sample of people, what we've been finding over time is, like, 93 94% of people who do the election study have voted. Uh And it's a similar thing for polling. Like, it's just this underlying Mm. kind of Mm. factor within people Mm. that people who don't vote don't want to do election study or don't want to do a political poll and that's like really hard to get like a representative group of non-voters to see how they would have voted in this hypothetical perfect mm, reality. Mm, mm, interesting. Um, next question. Political TV show. If you had one that you could take with you to a desert island, you must have watched these because you, you're a tragic. Uh, mm-hmm. West Wing, whether it's West Wing or a Veep or a, what's the one that, 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 that would be your desert island choice? Um, the movie campaign, the, the one on, in the uh, 90s yeah. in Wellington Central. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I make everyone I start dating, I make watch it with me and it's like a test <laughs> to see what they think and then I make them do like a focus group with me at the end, yeah. <laughs> That's the incredible Tony Storius documentary mm. about the first yep. MMP election in 96, wasn't it? Yep, and I make all my students watch it and I think right. it's just really assigned watching for me. Um, and I should say, looking back on Parliament, which is a Parliament TV series of about 20 episodes, oh, as yeah. well as being absolutely beautiful, um, it's just all the historical footage, like sort of the the sort of nighttime TV documentary show after, say, the death of Norm Kirk, and, you know, oh. the um, director cameras in the 60s, you know, when they had the opening broadcast, all of those, totally would recommend. I've is that on New Zealand like, on screen or somewhere? Or? Entertainment, sort of. Where, does that, where did you watch that? Is that on, is it on screen or, or what? Do you know? Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Oh, we lost Lara. Lara's disappeared. Either that or she found the question of where you can watch that Parliament show too terrifying. Too much of a gotcha. Oh, you're back. Oh, there you are. Hello, Lara. I was just asking you where we where where you watch that Parliament TV show. Oh no, we've just lost the call with Lara. Lara's gone again. Let me try to call her back. It must be it must be that she's finding that question. Simply too intimidating. Um, I think we lost connection. I would say that was the ghost of Norman Kirk. What the the TV show you're talking about? Do you, where did you watch it? Sorry, that's the question I was asking before the gremlins crept in. Where did I watch it? Just on YouTube. Oh, okay. Um, Parliament you? TV okay. put it up. So okay. people just Google like looking back. Oh, I see YouTube, it's on Parliament, Parliament TV. TV. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right. Yeah, um, they put it together. It's great. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm really gonna watch that. Now, the other thing is, um, we're talking about. Uh, we're, we're running a mojo meter uh, through the course of the Megapod today. Uh, inspired by Christopher Luxon looking for the mojo or detecting that mojo had gone from the country. Where is your mojo at yep. the moment on zero, mojo all gone, ranging to 10, abundant mojo, Lara? Mojo like the, the sort of like retro thing. Like the like idea the of like the, the magic, that's, yeah, the vibe, the, the yeah. The, this is a scientific exercise, so, so you're welcome to go the to vibe. a if you want. And like yeah. 10 would be a positive vibe? Yeah, really positive. And zero. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm always a bit of a seven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know if I've ever been off a seven, though. So I'm just, I'm a steady, steady seven. Always. Okay, yeah, steady seven, steady seven. Um, let's talk a bit about um, the Māori seats. You've been involved in the looking at the 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 role transition. What's the technical term for it? I don't know, but it was extended later this year, wasn't it? The ability for people to swap between the general and Māori role, people who fuck about Māori, that is. Yeah, so basically I study the Māori role a lot, my day job, and one of the things about it has been that Māori, people of Māori descent, who the technical category is, hmm. could only choose between roles when they first went to enrol to vote and then every five to six years following a census. Hmm. And then from that, they'd calculate the number of electorates and do all of that stuff. But basically... Um, there are a couple of private members bills last year drawn from the ballot that we had changed the rules and then there was a government bill introduced. And it was ruled by the, the, the clerk of the House and the Speaker that basically it was an entrenched provision by default, um, changes to the Māori electoral option. Mm-hmm. So they had to, Labour had to get national support and in fact they got Act support as well and 100% of Parliament agreed to changing the rule. So now we can change roles up to three months between three months before a general election or three months before a local election. Yeah. Or if there's, there's some rules around a by-election when the by-election is formally called, people can't switch then in that electorate. So we, we kind of we have that option more. And this this year was the first time from about, was it March, April, through to July, Māori could choose, um, choose quite freely. And when did they, what was the, what was the level of kind of uh, jumping back and forth? Well, we saw 14,500 people change roles, which if you think about, you know, like that's actually not a huge, huge number of people overall when you think about how many million voters there are in Aotearoa, you know, there's probably like, what, four, five hundred thousand Māori descent voters, I'd have to check that, but yeah, yeah, there's there's quite a a few, so it wasn't ultimately a huge amount, but we saw 8,100 change to the Māori role and 6,500 change to the general role, which kind of reverses a previous trend of Māori moving away from the Māori role. Oh, so right, okay. It's, it's an interesting tidbit, but we'll, I guess, see what happens in the next few years around that because that, that extra option is, is quite important. And we, we ran a study on it um, right before the law changed, actually, and that which role study, we showed that people actually don't have a lot of knowledge about the Māori role and mm. that the number of seats increases with the more Māori on the Māori role. So there's that still to kind of see what happens um, in that space and, and um, yeah, the education levels around the Māori role are not looking spectacular. And it's, I mean, however many it would take, but that would mean an eighth Māori seat. If that, if that, if that, if that pattern continued at some point, what does it, do, do, does the Electoral Commission make a call after or do they just do it when they're doing boundary redraws? How does that work? Well, when the census and an election is in the same year, it yeah. goes to the numbers from the 1st of April next year. So as okay. of the 1st of April next year, that's where the data will go to the Representation Commission on the Māori population, the overall descent population from the census. Mm. And then they'll, put, they'll plug in numbers around the proportion of Māori on the Māori roll as of the 1st of April. So that's the day that, that, that they're going to take that snapshot of the numbers and then from that calculate the number of seats that we should have. And then, yeah, whether that will go to an eighth is quite interesting because, I mean, yeah, it could get close depending on kind of what campaigns and what kind of consciousness raising people right. do around that time. And because it's such a – because the, the, obviously there's such big bits of terrain, the Māori seeds, you know, mm-hmm. um, including the whole South Island basically. Um, and 
and and when you move them around, it kind of I don't know. Does there extent to which those seats, those electorates, take on a bit of identity of their own? I mean, like Tetai Tokoro kind of makes sense in a way. Some of them are, seem a bit more, you know, that 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 just sort of circled a bit of land on the on the map. But some of them make sense, and that will that's affected, of course, when you dice them again. And see, what would be really interesting to me is what would happen if an eighth one popped up. Yeah. So that would would that create like a completely like what would the uh, like the voters in that brand new Māori electorate wouldn't have as much as say like a relationship to a candidate as such. Mm, mm. So a, an eighth one popping up to me would be like a really interesting thing to see what would happen, especially when we do have Te Party Māori there as a as competition against Labour and as as a party that does hold a Māori seat. Mm. Mm. I think one of the other things you're studying at the moment, if I have this right, is looking at the looking at uh, harassment as an issue in our politics, mm. and 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 is it, is it online harassment particularly looking at, or harassment generally? Yeah, I'm really taken by this idea. I'm actually based on a bit of my own personal experience of people just like random members of the public, yeah, just really targeting different people, and like it being a lot worse for women and a lot worse for people. Like I think women, like Māori women, wahine Māori, wahine Pacifica, like people who, women, basically that broad sort of what overseas they call that woman of colour category or like ethnic minority women, that mm. different people are targeted based on different characteristics and just really do seem to just rile up as a signal of the public. Mm. I think it was interesting to me because as an academic, we have our contact details online and I actually had to remove mine because what would happen is I would just come on something like this or just like, I don't know, just be randomly on the news or something, you know, something sharing yeah. expertise, commentating, whatever it is. And then I would just get random emails from people and they'd just be, some of them would be actually really quite insulting and hurtful. Mm. And some of them would be sexual harassment or I've had colleagues get threats of violence. Um, and those are more um, colleagues who like, appear more visibly Māori than I do, um, mm. and they just get more threats of violence, and especially wahine Māori. And it's just, like, what has happened? And what has happened in these last few years, I find that, like, really interesting. And also then, what institutions, like universities, we saw that in the Susie Wilde, Sean Hendy Employment Relations Pact, for example. Yeah, which is ongoing. What universities yeah, yeah. can be doing. Yeah, what parties can be doing, political parties, to ensure that, like, you know, no one's facing these extra barriers and mm. then what media organisations mm. too can be doing. Um, so, yeah, kind of ticking off having a look at what people have done overseas because, yeah, in the UK, they've kind of faced more of this kind of backlash and charities like Glitch have popped up um, to try to try to prevent some of this and make sure that, you know, we can have those good kind of public space debates without someone having to spend all of this time reporting a potential threat or harassment. Mm. So is there, I mean, that's such a vast area. Have you sort of worked out what part of it you want to look at specifically or are you, are you, are you making that decision as we speak? Well, actually, me and a colleague just recently got some funding um, to look at Intersectionality in um, European Union citizens' assemblies, <laughs> oh, <laughs> of all things, right. so okay. it's very specific. <laughs> but, you know, around it's, it's, it's definitely around intersectionality and, yeah, like talking to um, various um, Wahine Māori Pacifica um, ethnic women candidates and 
um, media type personalities at some point in the next year or two and seeing what's helped mm. as well. Because it's the other thing is that we, it's like the same sort of thing where we don't want to, we wouldn't want to like suggest some policy solution that's actually a pain, mm. um, like filling out a lot of forms. Yeah. So yeah, we're kind of looking at that um, with, with a colleague I'm doing, looking at that kind of work. To, yeah, just try to make sure because I think everyone, like, it's not a controversial statement, I think, in New Zealand politics that we would want everyone to be able to have a fair go at being a candidate or an MP. Yeah, yeah. Um, and another uh, string to your bow is I think you've done some some study of polling. I mean, polling is one of those fascinating mm. things, and as we get close to the election over time, you hear various people um, who, you know, Dismiss polling because it was only so many so many people were polled, or that there were landlines. Yeah. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you have people who potentially, and some of us in the media might be guilty of this at a time of of taking them, imagining them to be kind of truth carved out of stone or something. Mm. And I guess the the reality is somewhere in between that. What's your what's your assessment of polling and the role it plays in New Zealand politics? Yeah, I found myself um, at the. Um, Australasian Quantitative Political Science Conference oh, yeah. um, not long after Morrison's miracle and the polls kind of going the wrong way in yes. Australia. Yes. Um, and that was the sort of unexpected victory of Scott Morrison and the polls hadn't predicted it. And sat there and listened to a lot of Australian men actually arguing because they were doing a polling inquiry and arguing about what had gone wrong. And, mm. and it got me really interested in political polling um, other than being a quantitative sort of political psychologist, political scientist. And with a couple of colleagues that are more in that statistics space, we recently wrote like a guide, a guide to polling. Um, and part of it ended up on the conversation and, and on, on the spin-off as well. So mm. yeah, just can Google Greaves Guide to Polling, it'll come up for people. So ten things to look at. And because it was it has just been a case of, I think, that yeah, like they're they're snapshots in time. They're definitely like one of the things that Professor Thomas Lumley said, has said is that he's a statistician, mm-hmm. is that polls are designed to tell you that your friends are wrong, because <laughs> we're humans, humans, like humans are so bad at that, humans are so bad at estimating what other people think and yeah. what, what society and the population thinks. And that's so, exacerbated like, by like, filter bubbles, right, when they look at their own Facebook feed mm. and they go, well I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely certain that the ALCP is about to rock into government with 120 seats. Yeah, or like overhearing conversations in cafes or like talking to taxi drivers or or like their cousin or something. And it's it's like we're not, we know from all of this like social psychological literature that we're really bad at estimating such things. So polls, I think that's that thing of generally in New Zealand, they're pretty good because we have the party vote and like the party vote is meant to determine parliament. So there's, there's, there's those kind of things. But I mean, there's still that outside possibility and every now and then it's kept me up at night, eh, is that, that, that our polls are off in some way. But mm. I guess it's that thing of it won't be off. We won't really think about that until there is some kind of scandal. Or right. And generally, I think overseas, when we look at the UK one around Brexit and we look at Morrison's Miracle in Australia, yeah. where we do have that big public undermining of the polls is not when they're a few percent off and still predict the winner like last time, but yeah. if, it did, if they did predict the wrong winner. And I would say at this point it seems like they're becoming so distant that might not be the case this time. Mm. But you're right. You can be you can be more wrong but get the right result and be less wrong mm. but you get the result wrong and suddenly the, the latter example is the one that people latch on to. Yes, exactly. So people kind of want to know that, like, yeah, the polls are pretty much 
predicting the right party to win, and they won't necessarily pick on like oh two or three percent here or there. Um, uh, that that's that that seems to be the main thing. As long as they've got some kind of trust in that, because we could also think of like um, Winston Peters at various times has proposed banning political polls, yeah. and how much harder that would be. Like I get students to think of this too, of like a world without any political polls, we would actually lose a lot, and then we would all just be looking on our Facebook feeds and really speculating mm. and feeling around in the mm. dark. Mm. Mm. Great point. Thanks so much, Lara. It's really been interesting to talk to you. Enjoy the rest of the campaign and um, catch up soon. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, good luck to you for the rest of the rest of the megapod. Oh, it's easy. We're halfway point. It's fine. Um, <laughs> he, he said. He said. Uh, coming up next hour, we've got National Party MP Erica Stanford. I can see her there out in the chambers. Uh, we've also got foreign policy expert Robert Patman from the University of Otago. We could even have some surprises. We could have Angry Fence Man. Could have Wayne Brown. Could have. A whole range of different possibilities. Stay tuned. Spin off 2023. Election Megapod. Thanks for listening. There's plenty more where this came from on your Gone By Lunchtime feed. Thanks to Jane, Te Ihe, and Samuel, and the rest of the team at the spin off for making the Megapod happen. Kia ora e te iwi, Te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.